God, Jesus, who cares? <laughs> Literally. Um, I, I, I recently um, had a conversation with um, a friend of mine, and we were talking about sort of evangel- well, ev- evangelism um, in the current day, and you know what you should say to people when you're talking about Jesus, or when you're just spreading the message of God. And um, he happened to say to me that, oh, do you know what? I find myself that when I'm talking to people about God, um, I don't really mention Jesus that much. Like, it just, it's a thing. I just, I just don't really mention Jesus when I'm talking to people about God. And for me, that worried me. Like, it, it concerned me a bit. And because I kind of got what he was getting at. Um, it wasn't like he was purposefully or intentionally trying not to mention Jesus because he didn't believe in Jesus for any reason. But he just found that when he was telling people about God, it was just about God and there was no real mention of of Jesus and so as I say like it worried me because I thought the Bible was all about Jesus you know I I thought I thought it was all this big picture about the gospel and eventually we went back and forth like me and him we just you know and, and he was sort of saying well Jesus is more or less just a conduit you know like a medium just just a a, a bypass a way to get to God um and and I've you know, and I was going back, back and forth with him, and I thought, no, G- Jesus is more is more than that. It's, it's not just a, a conduit. He's, I mean, I mean, he's he's God. I mean, I mean, God has elevated him um, in in his in his position. So so he's more than just a conduit. And then, anyway, I, I went home and I was just thinking about the conversation, and I was just like, goodness, imagine imagine how many people probably think this way, and and these are are like friends are like cold Christians, you know, like they just, they just don't think much of Jesus, really. Um, he was there at the beginning, and, and that was it. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? We got saved, and we were just like, oh, Jesus come into my life. All right, cool. What's next? Like, you know I mean, that's how a lot of people have lived their lives. And, and it's interesting because we, we tend to say, tell people, oh, it's about having a relationship with God. You know, you, like, you, know you, you might hear it on most TV programs and people talk about God. It's like, oh, I'm just trying to have this relationship with God now. You know, you want to start off. But there's no mention of Jesus still. People just think that we just get to God. Uh, and for centuries, like, for, for donkeys, <laughs> um, basically, like, scholars, skeptics, and professing Christians um, have faced questions about what do they think about God or what do they think about Jesus and they've all come up with all sorts of wrong answers, like from the time Jesus was alive to date, to, to today. Um, and I, I guess I, I'll mention some people who are more recent and who are probably a bit more familiar with, um, and, and I've got some, some quotes from them. So some people might... Oh, it's not working. Ah, here we go. Cool. Some of you might recognise this guy. Anyone know who this guy is? Oh, boo, okay. <laughs> Ooh, sets us and toes. <laughs> um, that's that's um, Ricky Gervais, uh, f- famous uh, comedian. And th- there's a quote that I got from him, and he was asked about what, what, he, th- what he thinks about Jesus. And he said this. He said, um, I love Jesus. He was my hero. More than pop stars, more than footballers, more than God. God was, by definition, omnipotent and perfect. Jesus was a man. He had to work at it. He had temptation but defeated sin. He had integrity and courage. But he was my hero because he was kind and he was kind to everyone. He didn't bow to peer pressure or tyranny or cruelty. He didn't care who you were. He loves you. 
what a guy. I wanted to be just like him. That sounds kind of like, oh, okay, you know, he's, at least he's respecting Jesus, kind of. It doesn't sound that bad, does it? Kind of, to some, to some, to some degree, or to some ears, should I say. And then we have other people's thoughts. Some people might recognize this guy. Anyone know who he is? No? Richard Dawkins, famous for the book The God Delusion. Um, and I guess by definition, he's more so an evolutionary biologist. So he's famous for pioneering, well, in the current age, pioneering, pioneering thoughts um, against God for, for atheists and is, is involved in loads of different like, sort of debates um, with other leaders of other religions, basically. But his point was this. He said, Jesus was not content to derive his ethics from the scriptures of his upbringing. He explicitly departed from them. And since the principle of this thesis of, of the um, principal thesis of this chapter is that we do not and should not derive our morals from Scripture, Jesus has to be honoured as a model for that very thesis. This is a quote from his book, The, the God Delusion. So, again, he, he's basically being sarcastic and, and twisting um, the thought of how we should follow Jesus in the sense of Jesus um, was not conventional in everything he did um, because he was God. That's really why he could do that but that's not the point that Richard Dawkins is is making and then we have someone else people are quite familiar with this lady Oprah Winfrey um so she's a presenter famous presenter she's been doing it for years been in the business for years and she said this she said there couldn't possibly be just one way does God care about your heart or does God care about if you call his son Jesus to some people, again, it doesn't sound that bad. Yeah, Jesus cares about your heart, doesn't he? You know, <laughs> that, that's, that's the thought for, for some of us. And again, someone else, maybe not so recognisable, but, but he's quite a famous actor. Some of you may have seen him in a few movies. Um, Jay Moore, and he says this, he, he's a professing Christian. And he says, I think Jesus is the way for me. I don't think anybody's going to hell because they don't believe in Jesus Christ as God's son. God is too loving to allow people to go to hell for choosing to believe in something else. Um, and he also thinks that the idea that you have to accept Jesus uh, to reach heaven is too exclusionary. Was his words. So the question is, how should we view Jesus and God? Like, what, how, how should we you know, consider um, um, the two? And I would say, well, the Bible is a good guide as to who Jesus and God is. That's probably a good start. Um, and, and like the views mentioned above and from, from the people that I just mentioned, we see that there were, even in Jesus' time, people had varied views on who Jesus himself was. Skewed views as well at that. Um, and I, I want to look specifically uh, at what Jesus described himself to be, what Jesus said about himself and his relationship with God. And, and I'm mainly going to look at sort of John chapter 5. Um, now, what you guys will remember is that John chapter 5 is actually quite unparalleled to all the other Gospels uh, in terms of the way it, it candidly presents Jesus as um, being God. Like there's no other Gospel that is so clear and so explicit um, in, in explaining Jesus to be God. And so, the chapter starts uh, with Jesus healing the man. Uh, well, chapter 5, John chapter 5. 
Um, the, the chapter starts with Jesus having healed a man on the Sabbath. Uh, the man is sort of 38 years old and it's by the pool of Bethesda where you usually get a congregation of sick people looking for healing by this pool. And, and so Jesus um, comes up to the man, heals the man and says to him, get up, you know, pick up your mat and walk. Um, and then Jesus basically hides away from the crowd. It all hides into the crowd, basically. Um, I, th- I, think, I think the reason for that is because he didn't want to bring attention to the miracle per se at that particular time. But eventually Jesus catches up with him and tells him, um, I was the one who healed you. Um, go and sin, sin no more. And that, that is the focus. That's the emphasis. You know, he doesn't heal him just for the sake of healing him, but he heals him to say, I am your God, you know, go and sin no more, um, basically. And so when the man goes and he's, and he's walking with this mat, the Jews see this guy walking with this, holding this mat on a Sabbath. Now, that was illegal to have been doing that work on, on the Sabbath. And so when, when, when the Jews see it, they're, they're quite vexed and they're saying, what are you doing? This is illegal. And, um, and the man says to them, oh, it was Jesus who did it. So, you know, so the Jews go and confront Jesus. So... Let's kick off then. We're looking at John five sixteen to 24. And so it reads, um, Therefore the Jews began persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus responded to them, My father is still working and I am working also. This is why the Jews began trying all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. Then Jesus replied, I assure you, the son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son also does these things in the same way. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing, and he will show him greater works than these so that you will be amazed. And just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so the son also gives life to anyone who wants to. The father, in fact, judges no one, but has given all judgment to the son, so that all people will honor the son just as they honour the Father. And anyone who does not honour the Son does not honour the Father who sent him. I assure you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. So, like I said, Jesus has been confronted by these Jews um, about his healing on, on the Sabbath. And it's interesting, because what we see here is Jesus doesn't defend the fact that he's done something on the Sabbath by a Sabbath reason, should I say, for lack of better words, um, because he's done that in other scriptures. So there's other areas. Sorry, did I have all of it up? Apologies. Um, but th- there's there's other scriptures where um, Jesus defends his reasoning for having done something on the Sabbath. Like one of them is is Luke, um, Luke, ch- Luke chapter thirteen. So he's confronted about his healing on, on the Sabbath uh, at this point. And what Jesus' response was to them at this point was, hypocrites, doesn't each of you unite his ox or donkey or from the feeding trough on the Sabbath and lead it to the water? So there he's, he's calling them hypocrites for getting at him for doing something on the Sabbath. So the question is, then why, why doesn't he respond in the same way here? Because he, he doesn't. He doesn't respond. He doesn't make it an issue about the Sabbath. He makes it an issue about Christ himself, who he is. It becomes a Christological discussion. Christological being the theology about the nature and person 
of Jesus Christ. And so, so he, he starts to turn it about himself and say, well, basically I can do this because I'm God. That's ba- that is basically his, his answer to, to it. Whereas in other places, his answer is more like, well, you do it on the Sabbath. You do, you know, this tired donkey on the Sabbath. So why does he change his discussion here? And it, it's, it's interesting because Jesus doesn't rest on the implications that these people are making about him. You know, they're making assumptions and saying, oh, wait, he's trying to say that he's God. He's, is he trying to say that he's God by saying that he's working because his father is working? You know, they, they're already assuming that. And Jesus doesn't go, oh, they're, they're assuming that. I better not say anything else. I better just leave them to it. He actually goes on to explication. He goes on to, to actually make it clear. He's like, in fact, let me actually tell you exactly what I'm trying to say, which is, yes, I am God. Yeah. yeah. yeah? And, and, and he says that he's equal to God in, in nature, in works, in power, in authority, and in honor and truth. And I kind of just want to run through how, how, how he does that. Um, so looking at sort of John um, 5, 17... Uh, 17 to 18 he says my father is working and I am working also and this is why the Jews began began all the more to try and kill him not only was he breaking the Sabbath but he was even calling God his own father making himself equal to God now it's important to remember that the Jews at this time they used to argue amongst themselves already about whether God um, was had to had to keep the law basically they used to, they would argue amongst themselves and say oh does god have to keep the law on the sabbath how, how does you know how does this work because he's given us a law does he keep his own law and they used to like the scholars the, the pharisees would argue about this um in that time and it was it became widely understood amongst the jews that on the sabbath god did light work um, some of us actually use that phrase like now um in as, as a colloquial sort of term to say oh that's light work i'm on it you men might know no? Okay, never mind. <laughs> but, but some people use that as a, as a colloquial term to, to say, ah, oh, it's nothing, you know, light work. Yeah, I can do that. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy sort of thing. Um, <laughs> and, and so and, and they, they, the Jews understood it as, as that term that Jesus on the Sabbath wouldn't work as hard as he would all the other six days. Um, and and the, term, the other term they would use that he wouldn't lift above his shoulders. And that's why, that's why the Jews themselves wouldn't do that on the Sabbath. So what would happen is um, usually the Jews might, if, if you're moving stuff around in your house, you could do that sort of lightly within your house, but you couldn't move your stuff to somebody else's house. That's, that's literally how they used to deal with things on, on the Sabbath. You couldn't move things to somebody else's house because, you know, that would be t- wouldn't be light work basically <laughs> it would be be difficult work and so the way they understood it was that because god has the universe god's home is the universe then god does light work all over the universe uh, and, and, that, and that's how it was widely understood but we actually see in scripture that god actually works every day just as he did the day before he doesn't change in his governance in his mercy and in his grace and, and I, I get that from um, James 17, James 1, 17. Um, keep calm, there's no, there's no change. Uh, basically, there is no change in, in, in God. Um, and, and he says in James 1, 17, every generous gift, every generous act and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. With him, there is no variation or shadow cast by turning. So we see there is no variation, there's no change. Um, he's, he's everlasting and, and always consistent. Uh, 
And we also see that Jesus in this aspect, in, the, in this nature, is equal to God as well. Because he regenerates people every day. He redeems um, every day and, 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 and isn't limited to six days a week. You know, in fact, Hebrews talks about how Jesus sustains all things by his word. Um, so he, Hebrews 1.13 says, The sun is, is, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining, oh, sorry, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So, so we see um, Jesus is, is always working, basically. Um, now, Jesus was very provocative um, in saying this. Like I say, we have to understand that these were, like, Jesus was talking to scholars um, the, and, and, and very smart Jews, Jews who were very up to date with the scriptures. So, so like, for Jesus to be saying this was a bit crazy. It was, it was, it was ludicrous to be, to be making these statements and saying, oh, I'm equal to God. And, and I guess so, some of you might think, well, he, just because he said, my father is working... I am working. How does that mean that he's trying to say he's equal to God? Um, well, the answer to that is they were there. The Jews were there. They heard how he said it. They heard exa- exactly what he was saying. And, and it was also widely known that when you said you, someone was your father, for example, when you said so-and-so was the father of X, you know, for example, when they talk about the son of David, or son of Abraham, it was understood that what you were saying was that the son is in the likeness of the father. So, so that's what they understood that Jesus was trying to say that you, you're in the likeness of God, like you are God. And that, that was ludicrous to these people. Um, and so that's why you see from verse 16, they initially say they were persecuting him, and then they move on to saying they now wanted to kill him. You know, what, what would make them want, want, to, want to kill him? Well, because for them it was blasphemous um, what Jesus was saying and Jesus then goes on he pushes on and says oh, do you know what you're angry already forget it I'm going to tell you some more <laughs> I'm going to tell you some more like, and, and, he's, and he's basically he goes on to say and says like I really am God in sense of works I do all the works that um, God does and, and he says it in, in John uh, 5 19 to 20 so he says then Jesus replied I assure you the son is not able to do anything on his own but only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does the son does these things in the same way for the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing and he will show him greater works than these so that you will be amazed so Jesus says he's not able I'm not able to do anything unless God is doing it by anything that God is doing I'm definitely doing it yeah, that's, that's, that, that, that is, that, that's his statement. That's, that's what he's saying. And it's, it's crazy because he's saying, I can't act independently of God and God does not act independently of me. So that, that's, that's mad because that's effectively saying, I do everything the most powerful person on the earth is doing. And what the most powerful person on the earth is doing, I'm definitely doing it. And I guess to give a wild analogy... Um, to it and it is, it is a wild analogy um say someone said donald trump for example so someone said to you every like and imagine this random guy off the street you know in his regular tracksuit cap paint marks all over the clothes and just looks a bit perhaps scrummy and 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 um just scruffy and just and just comes to you and says you know what everything that donald trump does i do it too mate 
you know, Donald Trump doesn't do a thing without me. Like, you'd be looking at him like, are you, are you all right? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, and this is what Jesus appeared to them. Because Jesus, mind you, the scriptures describe Jesus as being an undesirable. You know, there was nothing to be desired about him. He, he didn't look amazing. He wasn't, he wasn't a, a looker, basically, for, for the people back then. So for him to have been saying this, people would have thought, who is this guy? Like, he's crazy. He's mad. And for him to be saying that like, he is doing everything that God does and God does everything that, you know, he, he would do. But we see this is true. This is absolutely true from, from scripture again because God talks about how he's eternally given Jesus um, all knowledge and, and, all, and all power. And, and so we see this in um, Colossians 1.9. But yeah, it's, it's in uh, Colossians 1.9, I think I haven't got it up. So Colossians 1.19 uh, says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. So we, we see that, that, that that's clear, that, that God had given all knowledge to Jesus, and, and Jesus was, was, had all knowledge that, that God had. And so he then pushes on um, to 21. After saying that, you know, the greater, greater things than these the Father will show me, he then goes to talk about the greater things that, that God's going to show him in John 5, um, verse 21. And he says, And just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so the Son also gives life to anyone who he wants to. So again, it's mad. These are crazy, wild statements that Jesus is making. He's saying, I'm equal to God in the power that I have. You know, and, and in part, mind you, we should probably take focus that, that he's actually mentioning how he's going to die in the future as well. So his death and resurrection to come in the future. That's, that's a slight reference to that um, as well that he's making here. But he goes a step further and says, I can do it too for other people. I've, you, you know, it's, as he says, and so the son also gives life to anyone he wants to. So he's saying, I, I can give life to, to people. I, I've got the power to take life just as God has. Again, these wild, wild statements. And then he goes on to say um, in John 5, 22, and he goes to say, the father, in fact, judges no one, but has given all judgment to the son. So this is mad. And, and this, to, for some people, might, might be a, t- a tad confusing, but he's saying he's equal in authority to God. How can he be equal in authority to God? I guess, well, I guess the question is, what, what's the ultimate authority in anything? And the ultimate authority, I guess we'd all understand, is someone who makes a judgment call. So, uh, so the ultimate authority in a court, for example, would be the judge, because he obviously makes the judgment call. The ultimate authority in a football team would be the manager, because he makes the judgment call as to who's sitting out, who's playing. Um, and what tactics you're playing. You know, he, he makes those judgment calls. And, and I guess in a, in a classroom, for example, the authority would be the teacher. She makes the ultimate, or he makes the ultimate judgment calls. And so these are all ultimate authorities because they make judgment calls. And Jesus is saying that I am the ultimate judge of the universe. Yes. And then you might read this and think, well, he's saying the father, in fact, judges no one but has given all judgment to the son. So is he saying that God doesn't judge anyone? 
I mean, because you, you could read that. You could read that scripture and say, God doesn't judge anyone then, and only Jesus judges people. And I don't think that's what he's saying, because you always have to look at scripture in the context of all of scripture. And so we have all of other scriptures, that, that there are plenty of other scriptures, but just to name a few that talk about how God is, is, is a judge. We, we have, for example, Genesis 18, uh, 21, where it says, you know, won't the judge of all the earth do what is right? And he's referring to God as being the judge of all the earth. And then we have Hebrews 12, um, 23, that says, To the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. So again, it refers to God being the judge of all. So what does Jesus actually mean when he's saying that, that, that God you know, does, God doesn't judge and he judges. And I think if, if I was to take a stab at it, I'd, I'd, I'd say this. I'd say God has designed for Jesus basically to be here in front. And whereas, and God is like here behind and he's judging people. And Jesus is the point at which people are separated, left or right, reject or decline, um, God or not God effectively at the point that you what you think of jesus whatever you make of jesus you are making of the father and i think that's the design and that's how he's talking about how people how god has given him the judgment and and, and so there and i think what's happening is that they're working together sort of like this going through the earth and just just judging and, and, and people are, are being judged as you make your decisions as to whether to accept christ here at this point and if you don't you don't see god yeah and, and, and God neither sees you in that sense. And, 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 he, and then he goes on to, to make his final point. and says he's equal to God in honour and truth. Um, so John 5, uh, 23 to 24. And he says, So that all, honor, so that all people will honour the Son just as they honour the Father. And anyone who does not honour the Son does not honour the Father who sent him. And then, so, and yeah, there's not honor of Father. So, again, he's saying he's equal to God in the honor that is due to him. So, the honor that we're supposed to give to God, Jesus says, you need to give that honor to me in the same way. Um, and, 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 and what he's saying actually is when he, what he means by honor is not just the case of revering um, Jesus, basically. So, you know, you can revere someone, you can say, I respect. I respect someone, you know, like, like some of the quotes that we had earlier on. They thought of Jesus as just a good guy, a guy who's working at it. You know, he's, he's, at least he, he tried his best. He was amongst us. He, you know, he's a, de- he's a decent sort of chap. Like, that's not the kind of, rev- that's not the kind of honor that Jesus is talking about. And he, he, what he means by honor is, is by seeing him in a way in which you trust him and you make yourself open and, and vulnerable to him and believe and and live your life for him that's the kind of honor that that we're talking about you know like i say he's not just a good man or just a prophet um as you know some 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 would say or just an example of how to live life um he, he's someone who ultimately sacrificed himself um and gave himself and and we pass from death to life literally um by trusting him we see that from Verse twenty-four, you know, and and will not judgment and will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. Only if you honor the Son. Yes. And so the question is, okay, 
we see Jesus is equal to God and, and God is equal to Jesus. Um, I guess the question is, who cares? <laughs> who actually cares? Like, cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. That's, that's a saying that, like, young people do you say these days, but you say something that when someone is just telling your story and you don't really care, or it's like, it's like, cool story, bro. All right, thanks. Thanks. Like, and that's probably what, what we, some would think about this. That, and that's how, some, we li- that's how some of us live our lives in terms of how we treat Jesus. It's kind of like, oh, cool, Jesus died for me? Cool story, bro. <laughs> like, like, Jesus is supposed to be God? Cool story, bro. Thanks. <laughs> that's, that's nice. But So who cares is the question. That, and I guess perhaps I can word that question differently and say, why care? Why, why is it so important that I care about who Jesus is, who God is, and the fact that Jesus is equal with God? What does it mean? What does it mean for me? Cool story, bro. Like, what? What now? Um, my answer is, is actually in three. I think there's three reasons why it's so important. Um, one of the reasons is worship. Is... Um, Understanding the difference and understanding the way the Father and the Son are is so integral and so important to inform us in the way that we are worshipping him. Like, I was so moved, um, like, today, uh, the songs that, that Carol chose, like, were so Christ-centred, were so, you know, just giving glory to the Father. You know, we sang the creed uh, and we talk about, you know, I, I believe in God the Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the resurrection, you know, the, the free in one. And so it's like, yes, <laughs> like, yes, this, this is true. And, and, and this is why it's important to actually understand the, 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 um, the precursor to this, you know, to, to, to our worship is knowing that Jesus didn't just go and die. Jesus was equal with God. He had to be equal with God um, in measure for his death to actually mean anything for me. And it does mean something for me because of the fact that he was equal with God. And he made that and and so when I'm worshipping and I'm listening to songs you're thinking about that you know and and that's why it's important because it has to inform your worship you know the things the way we think the way our hearts are inform the way we worship and and in the same sense it informs the way we pray Um, our prayer is is, is so important and and I'm still saying this under the heading of worship because because prayer prayer is part of our worship but it you know people in general Christian or non-Christian, you pray. Some people pray. You know, you might tell a friend, "Oh, you should pray." Like, pray. You know, it might change stuff. And you know, that's how people put things like prayer changes things. You know, no care for Jesus, but prayer changes things. You know, like there was a point. Um, I remember um, Fabrice Wamba, famous football player for Bolton. Uh, some of you might remember, and he and he had this stroke. Um, in football, and the whole football world, footballing world literally was like, pray for Fabrice Moramba. Okay, fine, we'll pray for Fabrice Moramba, but it was sort of like, Christian, non-Christian, whoever you are, just pray for Fabrice Moramba, and it's just going to happen, isn't it? And, and some of us, that's how we think when we pray. Like, we think, I want to get this connection with God for now, so I'm just going to pray. And... Um, and in doing so, we forget that my prayer is Jack without Jesus. 
We only come to God in the name of Jesus. We can only come to God in the name of Jesus. So if I think I can come to God, have some sort of spiritual connection with God without knowing Jesus, without coming in the name of Jesus, I've got it wrong. I've got it absolutely wrong. And so, so, so for some of us, when we pray, and we pray to God, that's fine. We can pray to God. And some of us, we might not necessarily say in the name of Jesus, but you better be thinking it. You better be thinking in the name of Jesus as, as I'm praying, because that's the only way we come to God. And, and, and Jesus makes it clear um, in John, John 14, uh, 13, to, 13 to 14. And he says, he says this, he says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, it's important to understand what he's saying here is not ask me anything in my name and it's a magic formula. It's basically A plus B, you get C. Whatever that means. Um, like, that's, not, that's, that's not the formula that, 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 that God is trying to prescribe here. He's not, he's not saying as long as you come in my name, you can get whatever you want. That's not the point. Um, it's not just to fulfill you know, our, our, our worldly desires. But the emphasis is on the fact that you pray through Christ alone so that the Father may be honoured yes. in the Son. Yes. That's, that's, that's the emphasis. That's, that's the main point. And so, so in that, he's saying it's not actually okay to pray in any other name but in the name of Jesus. It's not okay to pray in the name of Prophet Muhammad. It's not okay to pray and come to him in the name of Mary. It doesn't suffice. It's not okay. It's just not you have to come only in the name of Jesus. That is the only way. And he's made that so clear. And that's why it's important to understand, again, the precursor that Jesus is equal to God and who Jesus is. Because if I don't understand who Jesus is, I pray messy. And it makes no sense. And it does nothing. The second reason why it's important is for our evangelism. Uh, Jesus' equality of God is, is so important because we live in a pluralistic world, a monotheistic world, a world full of other religions. Not monotheistic, sorry, polytheistic. Um, so a polytheistic world which is full of loads of different religions. I mean, we, we live amongst Muslims, uh, Sikhs, Hindus, Buddhists, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, Scientologists, Atheists, Oneness Pentecostals, and agnostics and all sorts all sorts of different religions we live among and everyone will say to you well aren't we all going to god i mean we all worship the same god i don't i don't get I don't get it what's the what's the problem bro <laughs> like we all, we're all going to the same god well no no we're, we're, we're not actually all worshiping the same the, the same god and that's why it's important so that it informs you when you are amongst your colleagues, amongst your neighbours, uh, amongst sometimes people in your church. <laughs> Seriously, even amongst sometimes people in your church who have such a misunderstanding of who Jesus is that it's no longer the same Jesus that they're worshipping. Um, that's why it's so important because you have to be the voice of truth. We have to be the voice of truth in, in, certain, in some situations. And in fact, some like the oneness Pentecostals... Um, you know, some of you might not know who Oneness Pentecost, what Oneness Pentecost is, what, what is that? I'm pretty sure, aren't we all Pentecostals? Um, but the Oneness Pentecostal is, is a particular limb of uh, the Pentecostal church which believes effectively that God morphed into Jesus at one point and morphed into the Holy Spirit. 
at another point and that they never coexisted at the same time. So, exactly. And so, so it's anti-Trinitarian. They do not believe in, in effectively, in the, in the Trinity. So as opposed to believing in, like, three persons, three different persons, all coexisting and all part of the triune God, they believe that it was just one God. In fact, as the Muslims believe it as well. So sometimes you might, those might be your buddies that you're going to the next conference with. You know, you're going to some worship conference with or something. They might be your buddy and, and they're saying certain things about Jesus and you have to be able to discern and go, oh, that's, no, no, that's not quite right. Um, and it's important because if we don't understand these things, then we get swept away. We get swept away and we're like, oh, yeah, like, oh, this is an event that they said was about God. I'm, I'm there. This was an event that they said was about God. I'm there. And, and, if, and then you lose track of who, who are you worshipping? Who, who is this God that we're talking about? And if we don't know Jesus truly, who he is, how his relationship with God works, if we don't understand it, then we won't know God. And it's very clear when he says, if you don't honour the Son, you don't honour the Father. That's exactly what he means. And the third reason why it's so important to know about who Jesus and God is is because your life depends on it. Literally, your life depends on it if you know who Jesus is. Um, I, I can't stress that enough. If Jesus isn't God, then we have no eternal security. You have no, you have no idea what's happening to you in your, in your next life if you don't know Jesus. And it's not enough. It's really, really, really not enough to say that he was a good guy. He, he was someone who he was working at it, as, as Ricky Gervais said um, in our quote earlier. He said, he said oh, God, you know, he, he worked at it, so I respected him. That's not enough. That's actually not, not enough. It's not enough to say that he was a prophet that should be respected. As the Muslims are saying, that's not enough either. Or it's not enough to say he was, in, he was an example of how we should live. You know, Jesus is a good example. We should live like Jesus. That's not enough either. That's not, he has to be equal with God. And his sacrifice has to have meant something for you and I that we can trust in Jesus and then say, I now pass from death to life, as Jesus says, because I can trust in Jesus. That's important. And that's the only way it's enough. And that's why he has to be equal to God. Because otherwise we're doomed and, and we have no, no hope. And so perhaps, you know, you're someone who's listening to this today. Um, uh, you, you know, and you're, you're just thinking, well, I don't know. Like, surely there might be other ways to get to God. I don't know. Like, I mean, is, is, it, is it strictly Jesus? Because I'm, I'm not really sure. I don't know. My answer is, it's imperative to turn to Jesus, and that's it. That's literally it. it. You must turn to trust and live for Jesus, because in so doing, you then live and trust the Father, God. And if you do not trust Jesus, you do not trust God, and you don't know him. You know, it's, it's quite convoluted. I know it's quite complex the way God has designed everything and, and designed his, his whole plan to, to save people. It is sometimes strange and, and quite peculiar to us. I don't get it. Like, 
do, do I have to get it? Surely I don't really. Have, surely I can just slide through and, and, show, and show up as long as I'm showing up at church and, and just saying, I trust God. Surely somewhere in there, you know, God is kind of like okay with me, you know. No, no. It, it's quite clear and simple. Trust the Son. Trust the sacrifice that Jesus has made for you because via Jesus, God is judging. Yeah, and, and it's important. And I, I think I just want to leave uh, with, with this as well. Um, when Peter and John were arrested um, in Acts for having healed a man, <laughs> as Jesus had done here, um, the, the high priest um, said this, uh, well, not, they were testifying before the high priest, sorry, and, and they said this, and they said, this Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people, and we must be saved. In other, in other versions of the scripture, it, it says there is no uh, name under heaven given to people under which man will be saved. Um, and so, in, in Jesus, God has chosen to, to glorify himself, and he's calling you to partake in that. And he's saying, you don't partake in it if you don't know my son. And, so, and, and it's important because you need to be able to inform the people around you of the exact same thing, that you don't know him if you don't know the son. And, and it's, it's, well, it's actually quite... It's worked out quite well. It's funny how God has done that. And like we sang today, we sang corner, corner, um, Christ alone, corner, cornerstone, you know, uh, we made strong in, in, a, in a Savior's arms. And so, um, again, Jesus is the cornerstone. And there is no other way apart from him. So trust him today and live that way. Live that way like you trust him every day. In your prayer, in your worship, live in such a way where I'm honouring Jesus. Like, Jesus is a big deal to me. He wasn't just a big deal when I first got saved and now I'm constantly just asking God to sort me out with stuff. It's a case of I'm now living through Jesus every day. My worship to Jesus every day. I'm trusting in Jesus. That is vital and we don't live in any other way. So, bless you. Let's, let's pray. Um, thank you. Uh, Jesus, I thank you for who you are. Um, I thank you for saving us. I thank you because by you we pass from death to life. Um, I pray that you would help us believe that today. I pray that you would help people here today who are not sure of that and 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 perhaps have just never haven't lived like that for a long time. Um, I pray that you would help them to start to live like that today. You know, I pray that you stir their hearts, Lord, to, to come to you, to trust you and say, you know what, I, I want to trust you, Jesus, from today. I, I want to go forward believing in you because in believing in you, I, I, I get to know the Father and, and I get to live a life worshipping the triune God. Um, and, and, and in doing so, you know, I can inform others and, and in doing so, I can enjoy worship you know, in the church and not, not just randomly sing a song, but it makes sense to me, you know, God help it to make sense to me that, that, that I know who you are, um, by trusting in you. I thank you because you're glorious and, and you're sovereign and, 
and you're doing works and, and your Holy Spirit is, is, is convicting each and every one of us and, and I pray that it would do so for, 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 for us who hasn't done so for yet. Um, and yeah, Lord, I, I just bless you and I thank you for, for your glorious. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.